Welcome to Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm the CEO of Women Lead Change, Tiffany O'Donnell. On today's episode, we talk to Kelly Girardi, a bioastronautics researcher with the International Institute for Astronautical Sciences. She's flown multiple parabolic research campaigns here on Earth and will soon fly to space as a payload specialist on a dedicated research mission with Virgin Galactic. Kelly's work as a science communicator has attracted hundreds of thousands of fans on social media. She's the author of Not Necessarily Rocket Science and the upcoming children's picture book series, Luna Muna. Kelly lives in Jupiter, Florida with her husband, Stephen, and their daughter, Delta V. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And you're on firmly feet on the ground today, right? For today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's key. That's key. And I'll let our listeners in on this. Um, so many of them, half a million people follow you on TikTok. So most of us know this, but you have always wanted to be an astronaut. It's not often you, you hear people dream about that when they're kids, but as adults to hear somebody say, I want to be an astronaut. And actually I, I am an astronaut. I'm going to be an astronaut. What inspired you? To have this dream? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I didn't always have it when I was younger growing up. I, I sort of knew that an astronaut, you know, could be a career, right? But it was something that didn't seem accessible to me when I was very young. It wasn't until I was a little bit older and actually heading off to college and recognizing that there was an entire commercial spaceflight industry and that there was a whole ecosystem powering this, you know, next final frontier that I realized, wow, maybe I could have an impact in this space. And once I met a couple of folks who were not government astronauts, but were commercial astronauts who had found other paths to access space, from that moment on, over a decade ago, I was thinking, you know what, I could do this too. Why can't? Why can't I? Why not? Right? And so that really set me off on, on this sort of belief that I was born and we are all born in this unique window of time where this is possible, where there are more access points to space than ever before. And so immediately believing in the power of the commercial space industry to democratize access to space, that's really what set my, you know, it took the limiter off my imagination. And I, I really have believed in myself for the last 10 years and also in the power of the commercial space industry. And I think, you know, there's been talk about this. You obviously have been plugged into this, you know, for a decade. For a lot of us on the outside, um, it was an idea that we may have heard here and there, but really we've seen it now twice. We've seen it successfully happen. So, and I know you were, you know, recently announced as the first ever female payload specialist to fly to space on a research mission with Virgin Galactic. I mean, yeah. so your dream is realized. What was your reaction to that? You know, it's funny, it's, it's like people have asked how I felt in that moment, was I surprised? And I, I feel like the right answer would have been to tell everyone, you know, I could have never dreamed of this moment, but that absolutely would not be true. Because the reality is for the past 10 years, I have dreamed of that exact moment and that exact announcement in excruciating detail. I have played out every version of that scenario in my head. I have envisioned it. I have like tasted it. I have gunned after it, you know, in my work, in my job and in my ambition. And so when it happened, I, I had this, this moment of just complete zen and not, not as flippant as a check the box, but a sense of relief. It's like, okay, I did it. You know, that, that achievement, it, it was real. I wasn't delusional, you know, this whole time. It, it, it really happened. And I think, you know, for my family, they were over the moon for me, but in, in a similar way, it was like a, a finally, 
moment, you know, for my husband, he's like, all right, great. We can move past this as a family now. <laughs> like, he's That's known funny. that this has been my dream for, you know, for so long. And I think it was a sense of just really sharing in my joy. I think what you just spoke to too, is this power of, of visioning, you know, of manifesting. We hear a lot about, um, we used to say dreaming though. You say you actually saw it every day and could taste it. Can you just kind of give us a window into yeah. into how that worked. Yeah, it's interesting. There's this whole conversation around manifesting, you know, to your point that I've seen so often and there's different versions of it. But I think the part that uh, has resonated most with me is having a clear vision of what you want to achieve and being a very goal-oriented person, it was very easy for me to visualize in pretty specific detail what I was going after. You know, I had always been following Virgin Galactic from their earliest days. I could see that path opening up for me. And so it was very targeted in my goal. Um, I would also say that, you know, I think people can create their own luck and their own opportunities. For me, it was all about during my, you know, career, kind of identifying a very specific reputation that I wanted to cultivate for myself and then putting in the work to make it true, right? I, I wanted to be, you know, perceived as a certain way, as a, you know, a hard worker, someone who's execution focused, someone who's very mission oriented, someone who is reliable, all of these things, and then actually putting in that work to make that an absolutely true statement. You know, thank you for that, because that is not just for people who want to be astronauts. Um, right. You know, that advice translates to all of us, truly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really think designing the ideal reputation that you would be proud to have and then putting in the work to make it true is just a recipe for success in any direction that you want to grow in. And words matter. You know, I, I heard you in your, your big announcement, you shared how you never said no when somebody asked if you were an astronaut. You know, your response was not yet. Exactly. So it's almost like you were using words as well to yeah, reinforce that. Definitely. I think you really have to be your own biggest cheerleader when you have these big, bold, audacious goals in life, no matter what they are. I think you, you have to really believe them yourself first before you project them out there. Because if you don't believe it, you know, what's going to convince anyone else to take a bet on you? And so I, I think, you know, my career has benefited from mentors and sponsors but it, but it started with me taking a bet on myself and putting myself out there in a very sort of not arrogant, but self-confident way of, I believe I can do this. I believe that your bet on me will pay off and I want to make you proud, whoever that you happened to be at any given point throughout my career. It was like, not only did I want someone to, you know, make a bet on me, I wanted them to look good in the process of making, I wanted to make them proud um, in doing so. And so that was really, you know, a specific goal that I had. And so, of course, that translated through when people ask me, you know, are you an astronaut over the past few years? Like you said, my answer was always not yet. I wanted to be really clear that that's the path that I absolutely believe I will one day be on. Women Connect workshops are back. We have five opportunities for you to experience our workshops this September. You can see Katie Goodman in Cedar Rapids, Des Moines or Sioux Falls, and Kristen Brown in Cedar Falls or the Quad Cities. Tickets are available now at wlcglobal.org. Now, a half a million people follow you on TikTok, so they have this answer already. But can you just you know, give us an idea of what your, your career path has looked like for those of us who don't know? Yeah, absolutely. So I started over a decade ago in the commercial space flight industry, and it's been a really exciting ride. I touched a number of different types of, um, 
you know, work ranging from media to policy to operations to business development. And then I also focused a lot on research as well. I was a crew member at the Mars Desert Research Station for a you know, simulated stay on the red planet, which was really exciting. Bioastronautics research was something that I was really drawn to, sort of how does space affect the human body? How can humans live and work in space? And that led me to the International Institute for Astronautical Sciences. It's a citizen science institute where, you know, we do research campaigns and produce peer-reviewed scientific publications and space technologies. And so I have done a number of different parabolic campaigns here on Earth, which are flight campaigns where an aircraft takes this roller coaster profile to simulate microgravity where you can float weightless. And in those weightless flights, I've been able to evaluate commercial spacesuits. I've been able to test experiments in various space technologies. And so it's always been a goal to go from that sort of simulated space experience to actually testing that research in space. And so that's really been the dream. And now that that part is coming true <laughs> and that's that's the most exciting thing in the world. You know, there is a lot of talk about women and girls in STEM. Um, you're a mom, you know, your daughter, Delta. I'm wondering what you, hopes for her, dreams for her. Are you already planting the STEM seeds? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Delta is very much a child of the new space age. You know, this little one is three years old. She's already been to a number of rocket launches. She's had the sound barrier break over her little head, you know, a number of times to the point where she, you know, I looked at her the other day, I brought her to the first um, fully crewed Virgin Galactic flight where Richard Branson recently flew with his crew, including one of my best friends, Sarisha Vandla was on that flight. And Delta was there as a guest, you know, bopping around the spaceport lounge like, like it was the most normal thing in the world. And I just remember looking at her and thinking, gosh, you have no idea how, how lucky you are. But it's not just her, right? I mean, she had unbelievable, unique access. It was incredible. What, what a special thing. But for all children growing up today with the backdrop of routine commercial human spaceflight, it's incredible. It's an unprecedented level of inspiration, exposure, and access to human spaceflight. And I think about the ways that that can affect her generation. And I think for me, it was also just such a powerful reminder of what can change in a single generation. When my mom was born, human beings hadn't yet been to space. And when she was growing up, women were not eligible. One generation later, she's watching her daughter prepare for a space flight of my own. And my own daughter is watching her mommy become an astronaut. And it, it's just, it, it's mind bending to me to think about, you know, whenever I get sort of cynical about, you know, the state of the world or the speed of progress in any number of directions, I think about that because it's, it's just such a powerful reminder to me uh, about the rate at which change is possible. And I, I'm just so excited for what the next generation will experience. It truly is a paradigm shift, isn't it? For it what's, really is. What, what the reality for her will be. You know, this is just this is just the way it is. This is not unusual that people will go to space. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's something that, you know, these will be routine events in her life as she grows up. I mean, the backdrop of her adolescence will be a, a completely different tempo of human spaceflight. And that's something that's extraordinarily exciting, not only because it's inspirational, but because it's a different story of access. I mean, spaceflight when I was growing up was something really I didn't feel like I was a part of. As a, it was like a very cool thing to see. And I grew up with 
incredible exposure growing up in South Florida. I mean, my bedroom window literally framed the stretch of sky over Cape Canaveral. I saw humans leaving the planet on the space shuttle all the time, right? But it, wow. it didn't click for me that that was something that I could be a part of. It was just like, wow, those are extraordinary humans. You know, what a cool thing to see. Moving on to more realistic ambitions in my own little life, right? But for her, it's like people from all backgrounds. And we're not just talking about scientists and engineers. The next giant leap for civilization for our access in space is going to be poets, musicians, athletes, journalists. I mean, those are the perspectives that are going to be not only getting access to space, but coming back down to Earth and, and really bringing that back and exporting it back to our planet. So I'm very excited for you know that shift. Overwhelmed by data, the Master of Business Analytics program at Iowa State University can help with that. Their program will teach you how to organize your data and use it to drive decisions, taking you from down and out to the data-driven top dog. The program is 100% online, it's customizable, plus there's no entrance exam. If you're ready to make your data work for you, visit ivybusiness.iastate.edu for more information. What was it like attending that most recent Virgin Galactic launch, knowing that you may be next? It was emotional. I I, I cried um, during the flight. You know, it was it was really a testament to so many years of hard work and vision that went into bringing us to that specific day, to that event, and then knowing that this is something that is within reach now, truly, not just for me, but for so many other dreamers uh, who will follow. It definitely made me emotional. Did you study, I mean, growing up, what were your favorite subjects? Yeah, always very creative subjects. I think, you know, people are most surprised to find out that my degree from college wasn't engineering or or STEM. It was a film degree. It was a communications degree. I had always thought that I was going to be a science communicator. I've always loved science, but I have always sort of gravitated towards the creative side of that, to the human story, to the connection, to the storytelling elements. And I thought maybe I would graduate and go work for, you know, a Nat Geo or a Discovery Channel or someone where I could cover the stories of incredible researchers. And then I sort of traversed over into, you know, doing the research myself. Um, And I still love the power of storytelling. I think that's what's made me so successful as a science communicator and building up a platform where I can share the the story of the data or the story of the science in a way that was, you know, appealing to me as someone who didn't have the typical STEM or engineering background. That allowed me to very quickly kind of burrow in to the space industry and act as a translation layer to a lot of people who were like me, who thought it was very cool, but needed a little bit of a connective tissue to understand like, well, how does this relate to me? Why is this relevant to my life? So how do you envision telling this story post-flight. What are your plans? It's funny. I wrote one book called Not Necessarily Rocket Science, which was part career (laughs) memoir, part handbook. You know, it it goes through. And in it, it was, you know, my dream, like we've talked about, where I have always said my goal is to be an astronaut. And so in that memoir, I wrote that space flight. In the introduction, I wrote space flight for me is uh, a when and not an if. And, And sort of, you know, hit publish, it's out. And then exactly six months after it was published, the news came out that I will be going to space. And then that dream is actually coming true. We had a lot of discussions with my publisher, like, should I 
edit the book? Should I edit, you know, update it, you know, the manuscript, everything? And I was like, no, I want to leave it exactly as it is. I don't want to change a word of that book because now this is a proven blueprint <laughs> for how it happens. I mean, there's no better validation to, to that than to see, look, you know, that is exactly the point at which I was at in my career and my aspirations when I published that book. And then chapter two. So I think I'm very open to continuing the story. There's a lot more that I have left to say. I don't know if that will be in the form of another book. I don't know if that will be a continuation of using my social platforms to reach uh, a, a different audience um, and broaden my message. Right now it's been very focused on space, but I do think that there's a lot that can be applicable to dreams and aspirations in other industries as well. I think there's a, a lot about harnessing your own motivation, being your own biggest cheerleader, and making real the aspirations that sometimes seem a little bit out of reach. For sure. Can you give us a little bit of insight into what the preparation is like to be yeah. an astronaut on one of these missions? Yeah, absolutely. So I like to joke that I'm upping my dose of vitamin G right now, which is to say that, you know, because I have to carefully choreograph all of my movements in the microgravity environment uh, of the spacecraft, I need to practice that choreography here on Earth in a series of high G aerobatic flights and parabolic zero G flights so that I can test all of my equipment. I can practice assembling my payload. I can test the sensor placement on some of the biomonitoring things that I'll be wearing. And this is going to really inform like the ideal sensor placement and just validate the whole plan. Like practice makes perfect in any case, but especially for something where I, I have really precise movements that I need to perform in a weightless environment, which, you know, is, is pretty hard to maneuver in if you're not used to it. And so I'm going to be doing as much training as possible here on Earth. And then, of course, I'll have some vehicle-specific training with the Virgin Galactic team because it's a dedicated research mission. My flight will have additional training and operational protocols that differ from a tourist flight. So I am just pumped for astronaut training. I'm pumped for you. Do you know when the flight is going to be? Unfortunately, I can't give any details yet on specific dates or the manifest, but I hope to be able to share more soon. Attend in person or remotely. We've got those options for you for our fall conferences in the Quad Cities on October 13th and Central Iowa on October 27th and 28th in Des Moines. Register today at wlcglobal.org. What's your advice to women and girls with these big dreams, audacious dreams like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I really can sum it up with the three words, go for it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think we often apply a limiter on our own imaginations and our own ambitions, but you should never be the one to apply your own ceiling, you know, on, on what you're capable of. You can't because that immediately you're limited in your ambition. And so I think for me, it's, it's been, you know, permission to dream big and giving yourself the permission to believe that you can accomplish the most audacious of goals that you set out to. And it never should come from a place of arrogance. It, it, it should come from a place of humility because it takes a village. It takes mentors. It takes sponsors. It takes being in the right place at the same time. It create. It takes, you know, a little bit of luck, but also a lot of work to create that luck in, in the first place. And so I think approaching it with the mindset that this is like, uh, a big multi-part recipe, you know, and mm -hmm. that you are assembling the ingredients to create that vision and to execute on that goal. That's the best advice that I could give. There's that famous um, quote, you know, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And it sounds like you've lived that. Yeah, I think it's a great quote. Absolutely. 
Okay, so we talk a lot about uh, personal characteristics that may not have always seemed like good things to us. Um, and in the end, we find out it's actually a superpower. If you could name a superpower of yours, what would it be? I am a relentless executor. I, I really, I, I'm incredibly detail-oriented. I, I follow up and I, I hold a sense of like extremely high accountability. And so that has manifested sometimes in a way that, you know, produces a lot of anxiety. But on the other hand, it's created this reputation that I'm very reliable. It's like, if someone takes the time to recommend a book or an article to me, I'm going to read it. I'm going to report back to them, like give them a book report, especially if I'm asking for advice from someone and they point me in a couple directions. I feel the onus and accountability to go through each one of those recommendations and give them the time and thoughtfulness they deserve and then to report back on it. I'm a mission-oriented person from the start, right? And so the thread of commonality through my career is I have always focused on the impactful work and not the glamorous work, like no job is too big or too small. But to give you one example of a way that this has paid off for me really well, it's like the Explorers Club. Back when I was in college in New York and learned about the Explorers Club, where their headquarters is located in New York City, I just thought this was a group of incredibly inspirational people. I just wanted to be around them. I wanted to observe them. I wanted to learn from them. And what I ended up doing was volunteering and working coat check at the club. And I was so grateful to do it. I was like, this is awesome. Look at, look at all of these people that are coming through this door that I got to be within shoulder distance of. And I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I did really well at that. I was reliable. I was on time. I, I was good at it, you know, and then I slowly got more opportunity to help get involved with other events. I got to temp at the front desk at reception. I got to get involved slowly. I got to, you know, participate on their annual dinner, charity dinner. And eventually I was the chair of that. I became a member because I had great mentors who sponsored me into the club. Fast forward 10 years, I'm on the board of directors for the Explorers wow. Club. And it, it's wow. really one of those things that is so meaningful to me, full circle. And it, it started with a really genuine, like, I want to be involved. I want to help out. I want to create impact. Not, I want power. I want influence in this community. It was, I just want to be a part of it and help. What a great lesson. Kelly Girardi, uh, we wish you astronomical success as they say, and you will achieve it without a doubt. Our money's on you every time. We'll be watching and keeping an eye on, on that very important launch. And as they say, Godspeed, my friend. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the time today. Thank you, Kelly. Be well. Isn't it incredible when somebody sets their sights on a goal, especially so early in life? Wow. Anything really is possible today, isn't it? Nominations for the Women of Achievement Award are open, recognizing the contributions of historical Iowa women. Honorees are commemorated with a plaque on the iconic Iowa Women of Achievement Bridge in downtown Des Moines. Details at wlcglobal.org. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Hey, please give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much. More information and tickets can be found at wlcglobal.org.